Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. These are the words to one of the most famous Christian hymns. They were written by English poet, clergyman, and former slave trader John Newton, reflecting upon his conversion experience that happened when he was captaining a slave ship through a great storm in the Atlantic Ocean. He prayed to God in desperation and found that not only did God come to him, but God began to slowly change his life. Over the years, these words have captured the essence of what it means to see again, to experience God's grace even when we don't deserve it, to be forgiven when it feels like we have done the unforgivable, to be loved even when we have failed to love. Grace is a free gift. We don't earn it or deserve it, but it's there. We're moving forward in John's gospel, and today we find ourselves in John chapter 9. But before we dive into John chapter 9, I want to say another word about this one verse from John 8, 31, where Jesus says this, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is the truth to which Jesus is referring? I believe the truth is simply to know Christ. And remember, John states the purpose of this gospel in chapter 20 when he says, these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. That's the purpose of John's gospel. But to have life in Jesus' name means that we have to know him in our hearts and allow him to change and transform us. And only when that happens are we then set free to live. To chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples are walking along when suddenly they encounter a man who has been born blind. He was also a beggar, probably because he was blind. He needed the help of other people to survive. He couldn't take care of himself. But as soon as they see this man, the disciples ask Jesus a question. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, they wanted to know whose fault it was that this guy couldn't see. Who's to blame? It was a common belief in that day that there was a correlation between sin and illness. So the disciples ask, who's to blame? And Jesus responds by saying, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works may be revealed in him. If we're honest, aren't we sometimes like the disciples here? When we encounter a situation where something is wrong, don't we often want to know who is to blame, who is responsible for this, whose fault is this. 
Somebody's homeless. What bad decision did they make to become homeless? Somebody's getting a divorce. Whose fault is it? Who cheated on who? Somebody's addicted to alcohol. Why did they make the decision to drink so much? Somebody loses their job. What did they do wrong? A friendship goes on the rocks. Whose fault is it? Who stabbed who in the back? Sometimes we're just like the disciples in this passage. We are more interested in finding somebody to blame, and we're less interested in actually trying to help the person who is in need. Well, John tells us that Jesus got right to work. He spat on the ground. He made some mud. He then took the mud and put it over the blind man's eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which meant scent. And the man did as he was told, and then he came back, and he was able to see. And for the first time in his life, he was able to see. Can you imagine that? Living your entire life unable to see, and then all of a sudden, you can see? There's an interesting book uh, written by a well-known Franciscan author and spiritual leader named Richard Rohr, and the book is called Everything Belongs. It's a great book on spirituality, but Rohr says this. He says, we have to accept that human culture is in a hypnotic trance. We're sleepwalkers. All religious teachers have recognized that we human beings do not naturally see. We have to be taught how to see. That's what religion is for. That's why the Buddha and Jesus say with one voice, be awake. Roar says we cannot attain the presence of God because we are already in the presence of God. What's absent is awareness. We're blind and we need Jesus to help us learn how to see. So many of us live our lives every single day simply going through the motions Sometimes the things in life that feed our ego are not necessarily the things that feed our soul. The things that we think are so important are often the things that never really satisfy us. Restlessness is an ongoing spiritual condition for many of us. I would even say most of us. People are restless with themselves. They are restless in their marriages. They are restless with their jobs. They are restless with their friends. And so we address that restlessness in a multitude of ways, excessive eating and drinking and medicating and shopping and smoking and overworking and worrying. And yet these are symptoms of a much deeper problem that lies deep within our soul. Jesus teaches us in the Sermon on the Mount that it's our inner attitudes and our intentions that matter. What's going on inside our head and our heart what keeps us relevant in the marketplace is not really what gives us our meaning. Life must be about more than work. Life must be about more than success. Life must be about more than just getting rich. Life must be about more than just climbing the social ladder. Life must be about more than always wanting to be right. Life is about seeing things for what they are and not living in an illusion. Think about some of the other healings of the blind that we see in the other Gospels. 
Jesus' encounter with the man at Bethsaida in Mark's gospel, the healing process happens in stages. It doesn't happen all at once. Jesus puts saliva on the man's eyes in this account, and he can partially see. He says, I see people, but they look like trees. Then Jesus puts his hands on his eyes, and he can see clearly. A new world for that man. Think about the encounter with Bartimaeus and Mark. Mark tells us that Jesus and his disciples are in Jericho, and as they are leaving the town, there was a large crowd following and looking on. Jesus had become a well-known rabbi, and so he's walking along, and suddenly a blind beggar named Bartimaeus comes up and says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There were many who tried to quiet him down, tried to ignore him, but he gets louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus hears the cry of the man. He calls him forward and asks him, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, my teacher, let me see again. Mark then tells us that Jesus responds by saying, go. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he regains his sight and he follows him on the way. You see, too many people in our world want something from Jesus and from the church. And then once they get it, they disappear. They go on their own way. I need the church so I can get baptized, then I'm gone. I need the church so that I can get married, then I'm gone. I need the church to dedicate my child, then I'm gone. I need the church to save my marriage, then I'm gone. I need the church to do my mother's funeral, then I'm gone. Too many people are only interested in what they can get from Christ, but they have little interest in what they can give for Christ. They want Jesus as their Savior, but not necessarily as their Lord. And this is a real problem, I think, in our consumer culture. Religion becomes another product to be consumed. Some are much more concerned about what they can get than about what they can give. Some are much more concerned about being served than actually serving. Does this make sense? I have no doubt that Jesus physically healed the blind. And we call these miracles. But many of us who can actually physically see are guilty of living our lives as though we are blind. It's a spiritual blindness that we often suffer from. Blind to the needs of others, blind to the wonders of life. We just go through the motions. We do the same thing every day. We don't see the beauty and the miracles that are all around us every day. We need Christ to open our eyes. We need Christ to help us see the world again in a new way, in a new perspective, in a new light. And so maybe our prayers should sound something like this. God, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see the beauty of creation everywhere, sunsets and snowfalls, flowers blooming in the spring. Open our eyes to appreciate our families our spouses, our friends, and the loved ones that are all around us and not take them for granted. Open our eyes to all the good that is done by people each and every day, lives that are touched and changed and saved. Open our eyes to see the church that seeks to bring God's kingdom here to earth, spreading love and compassion to a hurting world. Open our eyes to the needs of the world and to the needs of the people that are already in our lives. We can be blind to that. 
open our eyes to love others, not just sometimes or when it's convenient, but all the time, even when it's hard. Open our eyes to experience true peace, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that Jesus came to teach, the peace that is not of this world, the peace that starts deep within our own hearts. Open our eyes so that we may live in hope, hope that there is nothing in life that can separate us from the love of God, hope that the future is always going to be brighter than the past, hope that we can make it through the worst situations imaginable if we have God's help and God's guidance in each other. Open our eyes that we may not always live in a hurry, always rushing around, overbooking ourselves, thinking about what's coming next and forgetting to cherish the actual moment that we are in. Open our eyes that we may forgive others, not just talk about forgiving others, but forgive others, even those who have hurt us the worst. Open our eyes that we can enjoy this gift that we call life, that we won't take a single day for granted because we simply don't know what tomorrow might bring. You see, just like this man in John's gospel, we need to have our sight restored because we have become blind to the beauty and the wonder and the marvel that is all around us. We need to have our sight restored because for some reason we have started taking everything in life for granted. Spiritual blindness is a dangerous thing, but it's so common and it ails so many people. But Jesus can help us to see again in new ways and with new understandings and with fresh eyes. I want to close with a poem that some of you have heard me share over the years, but I think it captures the message that this particular passage in John's gospel is trying to tell. Um, I heard my dad preach this growing up, and he got it from a Sunday school teacher uh, at our home church in Memphis. And the, the title of it is called The World is Mine, and I'll leave you with these words. Today upon a bus, I saw a girl with golden hair. She seemed so happy, I envied her and wished that I were so fair. I watched her as she rose to leave and saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one leg and wore a crutch, but as she passed, a smile. Oh God, forgive me when I whine. I have two legs and the world is mine. Later on, I bought some sweets. The boy who sold them had such charm. I thought I'd stop and talk a while if I were late. Would do no harm, and as we talked, he said, Thank you, sir, you've really been so kind. It's nice to talk to folks like you. You see, he said, I'm blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes, and the world is mine. And later, walking down the street, I met a boy with eyes so blue, but he stood and watched the others play. It seemed he knew not what to do. I paused, and then I said, Why don't you join the others, dear? But he looked straight ahead without a word, and then I knew he could not hear. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two ears, and the world is mine. With legs to take me where I go, with eyes to see the sunsets glow, with ears to hear all I should know, oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I'm blessed indeed, and the world is mine. Open our eyes, God. Let us see the world differently. Open our eyes. Amen.